Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Grant Baldwin here. Really glad that you are here as well. Here, hope having a good day. Hope life is treating you good. We're about a month into the uh, the new year. Hopefully, your uh, your speaking business is going well. You're accomplishing some of your goals. We are one twelfth through the year so far, and uh, I'm just I'm excited about how the year is going. We're having a lot of fun with this podcast as well. We are on episode ten, and uh, as you may know, we are going to be doing a mix of different episodes. We're going to be doing some that are listener Q and A. So if you have questions that you want answered on the show, you got to submit them. I want to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by going over to uh, the Speaker Lab dot com website and uh, leave us a voicemail there. Submit your question. Also going to be doing some training from time to time, or I'm going to just do some teaching, which is what we are going to be doing uh, soon. And then uh, also we're going to be doing some interviews with different guests, and that is what today's episode is all about. Today we are joined by my buddy Hugh Culver, who is a, a speaker up in Canada, and uh, we won't won't hold that against him to our uh, a Canadian contingent up there. But Hugh is is not only a great speaker, but he's just a great guy, you know. And I, I want to bring people on the show who are as good off stage as they are on stage, meaning they're a great speaker, but you know, if they're a jerk or if they're just, uh, uh, unprofessional or anything like, like, I don't know, there's just times where you meet people and you're just like, Oh, you're not at all what I thought. And I thought you seemed nice and friendly and personable. And you're just a, they're a punk. And Hugh is definitely not that at all. He is a wonderful, wonderful guy. And I'm uh, really honored to be friends with him. We're going to be talking about his journey, his story as a speaker. But one of the things I want to let you know of, we're going to talk a little bit about this later in the conversation, is that uh, he and I are going to be co-hosting a webinar together on Thursday, February the 4th. All right, So I'm not sure when you may be listening to this, but if you're listening to this the day this comes out, we're just a few days away from that. So Thursday, February the 4th, you're going to want to register for this one. You're not going to want to miss it. He and I are going to be doing some training about the speaking industry. So uh, to register for that, you can go to thespeakerlab.com slash Hugh. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash Hugh, H-U-G-H, Hugh's first name. So thespeakerlab.com slash Hugh. If you forget that, you can also go to the show notes page for this particular episode. In fact, you can go to the show notes page for any episode and get the links of everything that we discuss. So just know if you're driving down the car, down, down the road in the car and you're or you're working out or you're busy or something and you can't scribble down a URL just know that you can always uh, go back and refer to refer to the show notes to get those links and anything that you may need so again the speakerlab.com slash you for the uh, webinar we are doing on Thursday February the 4th but again he and I will talk a little bit more about that during this conversation here as well as just uh, again some training some helpful tidbits about building your speaking business so let's get right into it my friends here's my conversation with my buddy Hugh Culver enjoy What's up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. My name is Grant, and today I am joined by my uh, my Canadian buddy to the north, Mr. Hugh Culver. How you doing, buddy? 
Hey, Grant. Great. And I'm excited about being on the new podcast. You're here, man. You made it. I know we connected what, a couple months ago or so. And you, you know, like you have those moments sometimes where you, you talk to someone and you're like, ah, these are my people. I get, they get me. I understand them. And I know that whenever you and I first Skyped, I don't remember I don't remember who introduced us a couple months ago, but I remember when we Skyped the first time, I was like, I like this guy. This guy, <laughs> he's, a, he's all right. He's not too shabby. So glad we can, uh, we can connect and hang out here. Oh, that's cool. I, I felt the same way. And it is actually, it's kind of a funny thing in the speaking business is that probably most people don't spend enough time around other speakers. They spend a lot of time around family and friends, maybe their clients. And I think there's a lot you can learn by being around people that are trying to do the same thing you are, right. you know, either in terms of comparison, but also just, you know, there's so many ideas out there. It's just really great to find people that are forging ahead and you can kind of look at what they're doing and decide if you want to do it as well. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I noticed early on in my career was that I was worried like, well, I, you know, I, I want to connect with these other speakers, but we're all trying to get the same bookings and we're all trying to go after the same audiences. And so they're going to be competitive or they're not going to be willing to share much of what's going on, what's working or what's not working. But right. one of the things I've noticed is that speakers are very, very generous people. And I think we all realize there's plenty of business to go around for, for everyone. And so, you know, even right now, like you and I, we both speak, but we also do, we cross paths a lot in the speaking business side of teaching people the speaking business and how you get bookings and how you get started. And there's a lot of, of new speakers that follow both of our stuff. And, and so I think it would be easy on the exterior to be like, oh, you know, we're, we're competitors, so we can't talk. It's like, no, no, there's, pl there's plenty of people in the world that are interested in speaking that are going to connect with you or me or whoever. And so I think it, it works out well to have those symbiotic relationships for everybody. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. And it's a great mindset to have. I heard a great quote the other day, and I think it was on Tim Ferriss's podcast, and he said, if you want to get advice, ask for a million bucks. If you want to get a million bucks, ask for advice. And the whole idea is that if you go asking for money, probably people are just going to give you some good advice, right? But if you go actually asking for advice, like go to another speaker and say, hey, you know, I really admire what you're doing. Tell me how you're being so successful or what can I learn from you? You'll probably end up getting money in return. Right. So I think we need to understand, yeah, it's a big market out there, but we also need to understand that in terms of our customers is that there's a lot of speaking engagements that are available that don't get filled. And what I mean by that is they get filled by internal people rather than by paid external people. And it's simply because a lot of event planners don't know who you are. Like a lot of event planners don't know, you know, for the people listening to this podcast, they don't know you yet. And so part of speaker's job, I believe, is to get out there, connect with other speakers, learn from them, but also to broaden their circle of influence in a huge way because they're missing out on a lot of businesses sitting out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, and one of the things, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff related to your business, how you've built your business, what's working for you, as well as just the, some of these practical applications for, for speakers at large and just how we get going and get started and, and build the speaking business. But I know we're also going to be doing a, a live training next week, February the 4th, 2016, now that we're in. We will be doing that next Thursday. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But I want to tell people now, hey, you're, you're going to want to mark your calendar for that. All right. February the 4th, 2016. 
2016. Hugh and I are going to be hanging out, going in depth on a lot of stuff we're going to be talking about. But in the meantime, Hugh, let's let's jump in here. Tell us uh, kind of what your speaking business is like today. What do you talk about? How often do you speak? Sure. And uh, let, let's kick off there. Sure. So, well, I got into the speaking business coming out of adventure tourism. So I had sort of an unusual route into the speaking business. I was in graduate school and had just finished selling a company that flew people to the South Pole. And that was just such a bizarre company and it had done extremely well. Uh, you know, it was a multi-million dollar company when I sold it that I it was asked to speak at the university I was at. But since then, I went from being more of a trainer into becoming more of a professional speaker and then in the last six years into building my own proprietary products. So if you look at my roster now, if you go on my website now, what you'll see that I speak about is really only one topic and it's called Think, Plan, Act. And so it's my way of helping people to be more effective in the world of work. And I speak 45 times a year. And that's, you know, I used to do 110 events a year. That's brutal, man. That's a lot. Yeah, you know what that's like, right? And that was a combination of everything from speaking on the main stage to training in seminars to uh, facilitation. So I'm also a certified facilitator. And so I had those three things that I was delivering. And it took me about 15 years to really get smart in terms of like how to run a speaking business. And so after those 15 years of just really building and building and building and working like crazy and being on the road all the time and reaching that 110 events a year, I literally shut down the company, moved to a much smaller office. Uh, I think it was like 227 square feet with no windows. And for two years, a prison cell. It was. That's actually, we did have a skylight. And for two years, I just rebuilt the business. And just to give you a bit of an insight. So in the previous incarnation, we're doing a lot of six-figure contracts. I had three part-time coaches, three part-time trainers, and two full-time office staff. And we're making big money, as you can imagine. And everybody told me I was super successful and I started to believe it. But when I shut down the company and moved to that smaller office, I actually doubled my net income in the following year. I doubled my net income. I took um, three adventures with my family. So those are the kind of vacations that we take. Usually it's climbing or kayaking or something like that or going to Ecuador. So we did three of those. Plus I, I wrote a book, my first book. And which is a national bestseller. And then I also trained and won the world's longest endurance race all in that year. What race was that? It's called the Yukon River Quest. And it's a, uh, well, it's like a 550 mile, two and a half day river race. And so my point is that it took me a long time, Grant, to get smart around this business. And I think if I could generalize, I would say that This is probably one of the only industries I've ever seen in the world where there is so much money being exchanged hands with so little documentation of how to actually do it right. Speakers go out there and get paid $3,000, $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 or more to be on stage for an hour. And yet nowhere is there one guide which says, here's how you actually go about doing it. And 
in a lot of ways, I was doing everything wrong. I was just chasing gigs. That's all I did. I just chased gigs. I would just like, as soon as the phone rang, I would try and find a way to get them to say yes. And I would find some way to take my existing content, repackage it and go out there and deliver that content. And it's an extremely exhausting way to make money because you don't stand for anything. You don't have any core proprietary topics. You don't have any frameworks. And so what I've been doing for the last six years is helping other speakers learn how to do it the right way. Gotcha. I think what you described there is the way a lot of speakers build, you know, quote unquote, build their business in the beginning is just mm-hmm. like, I don't really know. I don't know how to build a business. I don't really care about a business. I just, I just want to speak, you know, so that's all I'm looking for is more opportunities to speak. And so you, like you said, if I get any inkling of an opportunity, I'm going to do whatever I can to get them to say, yeah. So how long did it take you to start transitioning from just viewing these things as just one-off gigs, these one-night stands to doing like, okay, how do I actually build a business around you? Like how long did that mental transition for you take? Well, you know, the funny thing is I actually have an MBA, so it shouldn't have taken as long (laughs) as it did, (laughs) but it took 15 years. Like it took me, you know, I, I mean, of course I'd like to say that I was, you know, doing a lot of things right. Like I outsourced, I had a team, I wasn't doing any of the coaching, my head administration, but the reality was I wasn't building something that was easy to scale up. And I know you talk a lot about this and this is why I'm so attracted to the work that you're doing is because you're, you're being really smart around how you're building your business. And so I always encourage speakers, even though you're, you're new to the business and you're, you're getting your feet wet and you're not sure about you know, your fees and you need to start narrowing down as soon as possible what you're going to be known for, what your expertise is going to be. And so I like I like to think of there's sort of four things that I encourage speakers to think about. And this has taken me a long time to figure this out. And it's the four things are and they spell out the word talk quite conveniently. But the four things are so first one is topic and audience. Okay, so those are the two most obvious ones. We always talk about the topic and the market or topic and audience. So so what's the topic that's as narrow as possible that you are willing to talk about day after day after day. And so for me, I love this idea of being effective at work because it's something I always struggle with. So I'm always interested in reading about it, you know? Like I always take on more than I can handle, whether it's in terms of my charity work or my office or the social media company that we run. So the first is is topic. How can you be as narrow as possible? And then audience, how can you be as narrow as possible? Now, there's people out there that, you know, quite frankly, they have a really broad topic range, but then probably they've got a narrow audience or the opposite can be true. Yeah. You can have lots of topics and, and you can have um, a narrow audience. So, for example, a friend of mine, all she does is work with dentists, but she'll do anything for the dentist. Like she does administrative training. She does recruiting. She does outsourcing for them, but it's only for dentists. So you need to figure out which side of the equation, ideally both, that you're going to be narrow on. So that's topic audiences. The third one is love. Like you better love this topic enough that you're going to read books even after you've been on your feet all day long because you just really care about the topic. And the fourth one is knowledge. Like you need to have some expertise. So it's topic audience, love and knowledge. And if you got those four things figured out, even if you're still green and you're still trying to figure it out, at least you're going in the right direction and you're so much more powerful than if you just say yes to everybody. 
What are some things that, that speakers can do, especially in the beginning, to start to narrow down, especially that topic in the audience? Because like you right. said, I think for a lot of speakers, the first time we speak, it's just this rush of like, how do I do that again? Like, I don't care who I talk to or what I talk about. I just want to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and we both know like you can't, you can't build a business that way. And that's one of the things we teach people is if you if you say you can th- you can speak to anybody about anything, I mean, the reality is, is that you can't speak to anybody about anything. And so right. like even for you in your own way, what did you do to start to narrow that down? How did you go from, I want to speak, to narrowing it down to, I want to speak about being effective at work? That's great. Great question. So, so I would take it a little bit differently. So I would say for the people listening, first of all, figure out, okay, where's the love and the knowledge? So do you have that first? But then go and verify it. So ways to verify whether or not you have the right topic would be a simple way is look at what people are buying. It is far easier to sell to someone who's already buying than to convince someone who's never bought before. Yeah. And so when speakers come to me and say, you know, I have this great topic and it's, it's all about how to get better legroom on airplanes. You know, I think, well, you know, that's fantastic, but nobody's buying that right now. Or I'm a real expert on PR for books. Well, that's fantastic, and that might be great for authors, but authors don't fill conference centers. So you need to look at what people are already buying. One way to do that, that's I'll give you two ways, and you know these ones already, Grant, but one way is really simple is go on Amazon and look at the bestseller lists. So if you type your topic into Amazon, which is an enormous search engine, which is updated every 15 minutes, and you type your topic into Amazon, and those books that are listed are not in the bestsellers. In other words, they're not like top 100 in that category, then there's probably a reason why nobody is buying that topic. And the second way is to go on to Google and type in the words association and conference and then start looking at who is filling their agenda at the last event that that association had. So for example, let's suppose that you know a lot about uh, the medical world. Okay, great. We'll type in medical association and then go colon and then agenda. And Google will fire off all these agendas at you. So start looking, is anybody buying your topic right now? So I would start with the three things. First of all, do you have the love and the knowledge? And then next, check out Amazon and then check out associations. Yeah, and I think that's such a great point. And I always say, try to find, you know, finding other speakers who are doing something similar, Mm -hmm. Uh, not so that you have something that you can just mimic or copy, but finding people that like, okay, if you wanted to speak to, like you said, going back to the example of dentists, okay, if I wanted to, if I came out of dentist land and, and, you know, maybe I I knew something about that industry and I wanted to speak to that industry. I wanted to find who are other speakers that are talking to dentists and what is it that they are talking about and what is it that they're getting paid to talk about so that I can start to at least have some ideas of at least in the marketplace, what works and what is it that people are buying. And so you have at least some type of blueprint to go off of rather than again, like you said, just kind of almost just shooting from the hip and going like, I just, you know, I just want to talk about knitting scarves for puppies. Well, that's, you know, that's cute. And even if you have like the love and the knowledge of it, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's an audience for it or that anybody would would pay you for something like that. Yeah, really, really good. I've probably spoken to close to 2000 event planners. And that's probably not true because a lot of them I, I, you know, get, I get booked multiple times, but let's say, you know, 1500 event planners. And it's probably safe to say that the event planners don't necessarily read the books that you're reading. They don't research blogs online. In other words, they're not following trends. What they're looking for 
is a couple of things. First of all, they want to make sure that you're a safe bet. They want to make sure that you are going to be the kind of person and topic combination that their delegates are going to love. They don't want to look bad. So they want to make sure you're a safe bet. And after that, then there comes availability and price and all sorts of other things. But first of all, it's are you a safe bet? And, and the way to be a safe bet is to say things they recognize. So if they recognize the language that you're using, you are already at the top of the list. And so if you use language like enrollment and engagement and leadership and empowerment and resilience and accountability, well, right away, if they're looking for any kind of a leadership speaker, you're in. But if you start using some sort of weird stuff that, you know, even though you're an expert in it, unfortunately, you now have an uphill battle trying to convince them that this is going to be something the delegates want to hear about. Right. When you got started, what were some things that you did to find speaking engagements? Because I think that's one of the biggest challenges for a lot of speakers is I know I want to speak. And even if I got that that talk acronym down, I know what I want to talk about. I yep. know who I want to talk to. I'm, I, I love it. I'm passionate about it. I've got knowledge about around it. And, then, and we think like, okay, now I just, I, I know the answers to these things. Now I just sit back and wait for the phone to ring. And it just it typically doesn't work like that, especially when you're getting started. So what worked for you early on? What have you found even works today for just getting some of that early wins, those early engagements under your belt? Okay, so I'm gonna, I'll give you a couple that really made a big difference for me. And the first one is friends. Now, this is always kind of surprising to me. Most of your friends don't know what you do. So, <laughs> you know, they have this weird idea. Like I was at a New Year's Eve party, and Grant, I'm sure you've been at many of these types of events. New Year's Eve party, and the host stopped in the middle of the conversation, looked down the table at me and said, so Hugh, you're one of those motivational speakers, right? And <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that statement. There's nothing wrong with that description, but it's not something that, well, what I want to do is spend 10 minutes trying to explain to her what I actually do, right, but it's right, not right, going right. to help because all she's going to remember is motivational speaker. So if you can help your friends to understand what you do, then they're much more likely to find you work. And so because I had a, this unique story, you know, coming from Antarctica and building up this successful one-of-a-kind business, which, by the way, is still in operation. Um, people really remembered that, but we don't always have that kind of moniker to hang our hat on, right? So what you want to do is you want to come up with a kind of like an elevator speech, but something that really helps people understand what you do. So, for example, I help employers find good employees, those unicorns that we're all looking for, or something like that. So start with your friends and help them understand what you do. But also let them know that you're for hire. And I know this sounds really simplistic, but a lot of people have weird assumptions. Oh, you've got a job or you're not looking for work. So let them know you're for hire. Second thing is what I did was I went to schools because I thought, well, if I can talk in front of a bunch of kids, and I know you've got loads of experience in this area, Grant, but if I can talk to a bunch of kids, I'm surely going to be able to survive adults. And so I probably did you know, 40 or 50 schools just in our local area, driving around, going and talking, and then eventually started to work with the administrators and help the administrators and, and then letting them know that that's what I did. And then that's what leveraged me into the corporate world because it turns out that between friends and schools, those people knew people in the corporate world that started to invite me in. I think the third thing you got to do at first is you just got to say yes to everything because what you need is you need street cred, but you also need to build up your expertise and nobody learns how to be a good speaker by updating their Facebook 
posts, right? You've got to be in front of an audience and your number one marketing tool is going to be your last speech. And so the more times I got in front of people, the more times I got referrals. Yeah, totally agree with that. And I think everything you said there was just spot on. And I, I love the idea that letting people know, you, you know, your own personal network, letting people know what you do, and then also letting them know that you're available to do this. Like, I'm amazed at the number of times I would go speak somewhere. And then like you're talking to an audience member afterwards. And it, they, it seems like they have the impression, like, I just lived down the street and I just drove in and just, you know, I'm just doing this as a favor <laughs> for friends. It's like, no, no, like, this is what I do. This is a professional thing. And so like connecting the dots for people in their mind. Hey, if you're interested in having me come do this for your organization or at your conference or your next chapter event or meeting or whatever it may be, just letting them know that that and just planting that seed that this is something that you do and is something that you offer. And not just letting people know that you're available to do it, but even to take it a step back, like you said, it's just letting people know this is something that you do. Like I remember I don't really do much now, but I used to do some coaching and I went for the longest time without getting any coaching clients. And then I started talking about it and telling people, Hey, I'm a coach. If you need anything, let me know. And all of a sudden I started getting coaching clients. It's like, right. amazing. like we just think right. like, Oh, I spoke that one time. So people, I'm just assuming people know that I'm a speaker. No, right. they don't. You got to tell them, you got to let people know what it is that you do. When I uh, first had my book come out, which was in 2011, I had to learn how to sell back of room. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that always amazed me, Grant, was all I had to do was hold up my book and say I have a book and everybody pulled out 20 bucks to come buy a book or, you know, whoever was going to buy a book. Everybody knows how that works. Oh, he has a book. It's probably 20 bucks. But most people don't know how to hire a speaker. So the book they get the speaking thing they don't get. And so years ago, I started just using a very simple form and I would have a half sheet of paper face down on the table. Usually I would stack them up ahead of time. So if it's a table of eight, I put down eight in a stack. And then just before my close, you know, I ask people to turn it over. Everybody, please take a piece of paper. And I explain to them what the opportunities are. And one of the opportunities on that piece of paper is to bring me to your next event. And so it literally says, check this box if you're interested in bringing Hugh to your next event and then fill in your name and your phone number. And um, so what I'm doing is I'm adding people to my list. I'm getting inquiries for my next event and I'm selling them my digital online course, which has now replaced the book. And that simple form has generated thousands and thousands of dollars for me because I made it really simple for people to know what to do. The book, they get the book, but they don't know how to hire a speaker. So you got to help them do that. Yeah. Just connecting those dots from it. It seems overly simplistic, but yeah, you're just kind of walking people through and letting people know again, who you are and what it is, that, what, what it is right. that you do. Right. So, okay. I'm curious about this. You, I think you've done a great job of, again, not just pigeonholing yourself as just purely a speaker, but you've expanded your business in a variety different ways. So what does your business look like today? What are some of the other things that you, you do to generate revenue in your business? Sure. Okay. So it's dramatically different. <laughs> it's dramatically different from even two years ago. So we have three parts to the business. So the first part is speaking and speaking constitutes one third of my income. And that is always been very steady and it's at the perfect level. So I do now 35 events a year and I quite literally, and I really encourage people to do this, is I literally have a Google Doc with the numbers 1 through 35 and my job is to fill those slots. Yeah. So I'm very intentional about 
that income. The second part of my income is what, thankfully, you're going to be involved with this year, which I'm really excited about. You and Michael Port and Jamie Tardy is called BOSS, the Business of Speaking School. And that happens once a year in March and April. And it's an eight-week intensive training program for speakers that's a hybrid program. So in part, I deliver it through videos that I create every year, fresh videos, and also live calls with the experts on the team. So that's a boss is approaching one third of our income, not quite. And then the third part is SOS. And SOS is our social media service. So we have a team of seven people and we do social media posts for bloggers. So we help bloggers get noticed. And we have clients now in Singapore and all across the States and in Canada. And SOS is right now more than a third of the income. And we expect by next year, SOS will have taken over the company. How did you kind of decide to put your, put the, uh, go in the direction of the SOS uh, yeah. in terms of doing social media? Because it sounds like, I mean, speaking about being effective at work is one right. thing and then teaching speakers about, you know, getting started and building their business is something else. So it sounds like there's some overlap, but they're also very distinct things. So how did SOS kind of come to be? Yeah, great question. So SOS was a solution to my problem. So I wanted to be, I have a bigger focus on social media. I want to have a bigger presence on social media and I didn't have time to do it. And I knew that I didn't have the attention to do it because I, my directions were in other things. And so, so I hired a person to start doing it and we started actually with people in the Philippines. Like most people, we got sort of indifferent results. And then I said, forget it. I'm just going to hire someone locally. We had one person working for us. And when I say us, I have a full-time employee as well in the office here. And then it became so like, – then a month after creating this little program grant, I was driving down to Vancouver actually to a little speaker meetup that I was running. And at the end of the evening, I asked people, how many of you would like a service like SOS? And 30% of the room gave me their credit cards. So I thought, okay, I better go build something. <laughs> I'm on to something. And yeah, and it's the coolest uh, service ever because essentially what we do is we read it, we post it. So we have women that work part-time for us. They all live here in British Columbia. They're very educated women. Two of them have graduate degrees in English and they literally read the blogger's blog. They write social media posts and they schedule them so that every day we are getting more social media traffic and attention to those to those people. And at it's $150 US a month. So it's really inexpensive, you know, like but basically $5 a day. And we take care of social media for people. So it's really taking off like crazy, obviously. Nice. Love it. I love to just paying attention to the needs that exist in the market with from, from speaking clients and just from uh, speakers that you work with and colleagues and peers. And like you said, even just scratching your own itch and paying attention there to, to see how, how things can, can evolve and develop. So we talked a little bit about it at the beginning, but we're going to be hanging out next week doing a, uh, a long workshop webinar that's going to be going way, way, way in depth on, the, on building the speaking business. So whet our appetites a little bit, Hugh. Tell us what we're going to be talking about and why someone should take a little bit of time out of their afternoon to come hang out with us. Cool. Okay, great. Well, one of the things that I've become really fascinated by, Grant, is the idea of the business side of speaking. 
And so most speakers focus on getting hired, doing a great job on stage, which is fantastic. And that's what you're being paid for. But there's actually an opportunity to build a real business. And I've come at that kind of slowly, but I've started to realize how important it's been in my evolution. And what I mean by that is looking for how to create multiple streams of income from your speaking. The idea is you've gone to all this work to build your expertise. You've got this knowledge. You've now created a great speech around it, which is awesome. Now that's one product. The next thing to look at is how can I repackage that? And so in this webinar, I'm going to be explaining to the listeners how they can do that right from the very beginning. So right from the beginning of their speaking career, how they can start thinking strategically to start building those products really simply. The first product I'm going to show them how to create could probably bring them in another 10 to 15% of their income right away, but also create more referrals and leads for them. So it's all about how to build a really smart business so that you can start to create passive income. And so you're getting more success as a speaker, but at the same time, you're building up the kind of income that you can actually retire on. Love it. Very cool. And so that's going to be happening on Thursday, uh, February the 4th. So people definitely want to mark that down on your calendar. If you are interested in that, you definitely want to register for it. You can go to thespeakerlab.com slash Hugh. H-U-G-H. Again, that's thespeakerlab.com slash Hugh. There you're going to find the uh, the registration page. Totally free, so definitely you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a lot of great content and training from Hugh. Uh, and then I, I assume we'll probably be doing some Q&A hanging out. So if anything, you want to hang out for that as well. So that's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun. Now, before we wrap up here, Hugh, one of the things I always ask speaker friends who are on the show here is uh, I want to hear, and I didn't prep you for this, but some type of disaster story as a speaker. We all have them. So I want you to uh, tell us a story where it can't be worse than this. Give us a, a, a story where something happened on stage or in a venue or with a client that you thought was the, the end of, of everything. So give us a story. <laughs> How much time do we have? So, you know, when you've done, as I have, over a thousand keynotes, you kind of have lots of stories. But I'll tell you one in particular, and it just actually happened last year. It's the first one that comes to mind. And I was following another speaker, small venue, very high-end clientele, and I had one hour. And so there we are. Everybody's gone for lunch. We're trying to hook up my laptop. Nothing's working. Uh, it's one of those situations where you had to have an HDMI cable. I didn't bring my HDMI cable. So they're frantically running around trying to help me out. They've got all these techies. And I realize, you know, this is really not going to put me into great energy. I'm going to be frantic and I'm going to be worried. So I just told them to hold off. I said, look, you know, it's absolutely fine. I don't need it. And it was this really cool transition grant. Like once I went from, oh my gosh, I won't be able to show my slides to who the heck cares. <laughs> Suddenly I could actually relax. And I, I would suggest that was probably the best presentation I've actually done all year because I wasn't anchored to slides. I was free flowing. I was having fun with the idea that we just had this great recovery and nobody knows the difference in the room. And it really taught me a, an important lesson, which, which was, you know, we, it can look like a disaster or it can look like a fantastic opportunity. And I've watched speakers come in and spend 30 minutes, no kidding, 30 minutes with four 
um, audiovisual tech people trying to hook them up to Wi-Fi in the basement of a hotel, you know, which has no Wi-Fi because they want to show one YouTube video, you know, in the middle of their speech. And it just puts everybody into a horrible state. The speaker is all anxious and sweaty. The audience is now wondering what the heck's going on. And what we have to do as speakers is we've got to roll with the punches we got to understand that at the end of the day, nobody really cares about that particular quote or joke or slide that you wanted to show. What they want to know is that you care about them, you understand their problem, and you've got some way of helping them get out of that problem faster and easier than they could do it on their own. And if you can pull that off, you're going to get rehired every single time. Yeah, love it, love it, love it, love it. Great way to... So, hey, those things do happen, the things that just they don't go according to plan. And, again, that's part of being a speaker, but you definitely have to roll with it, and uh, I think that's a great example. So, again, uh, Hugh, thanks for the time, man. Really looking forward to hanging out again Thursday, February the 4th. And if this is if you're listening and it's past February the 4th, that's all right. You can still go ahead and register there. We can send you the replay of all that. So, again, you can go to thespeakerlab.com slash Hugh, H-U-G-H. Definitely stop by, check that out. Hugh, if we are interested in just checking out you, what you're up to, where, where else can we go? Thanks for that, Grant. Best way to go is just go to hughculver.com. So it's H-U-G-H and then Culver, C-U-L-V-E-R.com. And go to the resource page. So that's where I keep all my latest videos. And that's where you'll see a lot of the strategies that I use for growing my business. So that's probably a great place to start. Awesome. And we'll definitely link up to that in the, uh, the show notes as well. So Hugh, looking forward to hanging out with you February the 4th. And until then, my friend. Thanks, buddy. All right, there you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that chit-chat with Hugh Culver. Good dude, Canadian speaker, nice guy, all of the things. So as a reminder, Hugh and I are going to be co-hosting a uh, a webinar. He's going to be teaching us and training on February the 4th. February the 4th, all about the speaking business, speaking industry. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that. Again, if you want to register for that, you can go to thespeakerlab.com slash Hugh. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash Hugh, H-U-G-H, or go to the show notes page of this episode to uh, check that link out. The uh, webinar is going to be totally free, but there is a maximum to the number of people that we can contain for the uh, webinar software and tool that we use. So uh, definitely want to register and you definitely don't want to miss it. You want to be there. So February the 4th, Thursday, February the 4th with Hugh Culver. Again, thespeakerlab.com slash Hugh. Hey, one other quick reminder here. Uh, as long as you're listening to this pretty quick here, then we got just a couple days left of the podcast contest promo that we've been telling you about for the past several weeks. That ends on January the 31st, which is going to be uh, on Sunday, January the 31st. So this, uh, you can go to podcastcontest.com. We're going to be doing a couple different giveaways there that you definitely want to check out. But as you start a new show, just a way to encourage people to uh, to share it, to download it, to subscribe it, leave us rating, review, all that kind of stuff. So you, again, you can get all the details over at podcastcontest.com. All right, boys and girls, that wraps up today's episode. We will be catching you next time. You're awesome.